it was a Chris Rock pick. You ever catch your wife just looking at you? I try to remind her sometimes that I can also, whenever I want, sort of just get into a car and knock him back. I wrote a joke today. Do you want to hear it? I, I, this joke was so... <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome back to Buckle Up, baby. Episode 23. We are rolling. I have bedhead and it won't go away. You know, it's really bad. You know you're at a bad age when everybody I see says, mm. look like you just woke up all day. Yeah. And I'm like, I woke up hours ago. <laughs> I've been hearing a lot. You look tired. You look tired. I've yes. been hearing that a lot. And I'm like, I think I just look tired. Right. This is my face now. I'm, I am not tired. <laughs> right. It's just my face. Right. All right. I'm also, they're like, like I, I'm, I work out pretty consistently, but it's, it doesn't quite show. I have been in the habit of mentioning casually that I have four kids mm -hmm. to people when I'm particularly like, if I'm dressed up and out mm -hmm. and I look semi my youngest version of myself, I drop that quick to reinforce. No, my God. You, but you look so, I'm like, Right, it's a, it's a understand. No, I, I yeah. So that it, like for a guy with four kids, I look all right. Right. In general, I look tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the at the bris, someone came over to me and they're like, "Just so you know, you have like this like line going through your hair. So like, if you're taking pictures, just like maybe something in your hair." Was that a twin line? It was. Yeah. It, oh. it was. It was. I, I knew why I was there, Classic. but but I was like, no one even bothered to tell me because I look like such garbage. Yeah. They're all just like, yeah, it's part of the thing. Like it's not. <laughs> it's not gonna make or break him. Whatever. Do you think I have this bit I'm working on for stand up uh -huh. where 30s mm. is where you encounter age for the first time? Like you're being inducted into older age mm -hmm. in your 30s. Yeah. Because in your 20s, you're still like teenage adjacent out of that body and that world and that experience physically. Right. And you can sort of relate to that. Your pictures don't look that different, 18 to 27. But then 30, you start to see what your 50-year-old self's going to look like. Yeah, by by 30, you know if you're going bald or not. All of those things. Eventually. So I have it, one part of the bit is it's kind of like puberty, but instead of things starting to get better, they start to get worse. Mm -hmm. So instead of growing hair in places, you start losing hair right. in places. Instead of getting stronger, you get weaker. Mm -hmm. um, instead of women getting tits, men get tits. <laughs> it's good. It's good shit. How do I structure that? Instead of women getting tits, men get tits. That's what happens in your thirties. Yeah. You start to get man boobs. Well, it's it's more like like you like when you're in puberty, you start to understand the kind of body you're gonna have. Like you're right. either gonna be strong, right, or you're not. Like you start understanding the kind of old body you have. Like like I know I'm gonna have ear hair at some point. <laughs> I don't have it yet, but my I'm I'm being told. You're being get told. Ready. Like, um, th there was a point where, like, every time I sat down for a haircut, the person went, do you want us to do something to your eyebrows? Mm -hmm. It's like, why? Yeah. <laughs> I got my I eyebrows. She just did it to my last haircut. She just did a little. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I'm like, hey, hey yeah. all right. Yeah. I well, also I'm going to have bushy, I'm going to have bushy, weird eyebrows at some point. Yeah. You ever yeah. find, like, you see an old picture of your chest and it's, like, m much less hair? And I didn't even realize. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like, wait a minute. Yeah. I'm like a little bear. Yeah, when I was 18. Make a little chicken there. Yeah. You yeah. see that. You start to see pictures yeah. where, like, yeah, you take for granted that you think you get this default look at, like, 22, and, like, there you go. And yeah. then all of a sudden it keeps going, the aging process. Yeah, yeah. I Everyone thought <sighs> I was younger than I was. Everyone thought than I was until, like, 26. Oh, you started to get, right. And then it started, the people started to guess, and it was, it was scary. It was a scary moment. 
Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I worry about, um, the thirties is still the last decade where you're societally young by the perception of this. He's in his thirties. Like he's a young guy. I think people in their forties and fifties say that to themselves also. That 30s is younger, 40s I, and I think 50s people in their 50s, they go, we're still young. Well, look, everything is younger now. That's yeah. true. Everything is younger. Snoop look Dog. at the way 50-year-olds dress. Snoop, Snoop Dogg just said that also. He's, he, Snoop Dogg just turned 50. Right. He's, he's like, when I, was, when I was 20, 50-year-olds used to walk around with canes. Right. He's like, it's cool to be 50 now. Right. So it's true overall everything is younger, but I still think that, like, you know, 30s is a weird place because we're now seniors of the younger class. But we're freshmen of the older class. Right. We're freshmen of old people and we're sort of we just graduated youngness. Yeah. And then My- and, and, but and you think that and then you talk to a freshman of the young class and they're like, no, bro, you're old. So I don't even mean seniors of the old, because yeah. they're not looking up. So like teenagers are looking at like twenties yeah. and up as like yeah. You know, they're older, but the 20s to us are babies. Did and they're you, in the worst place ever because they they've done nothing. Did you know any I actually really like it because I think 30s is when you get like a little bit of experience and therefore credibility with whatever you're doing and pursuing. You can yeah. talk about things with some authority. That's true. And it's it's a funny, it's all relative because when you're in your 20s, you're the upper class to everyone younger than you, but then you're actually at the bottom of the barrel yeah. in the early 20s knowing you're a freshman again. It's like graduating another grade. Yeah. What were you saying? Well, it's also weird to talk to someone in their 20s and you're and you're like, you're expecting them to sort of just be out of college. And they're mm-hmm. like, no, I'm actually like in-house counsel for this crypto startup. <laughs> and you're like, oh, and you're 26? Okay. I forgot your older 20s. Yeah. Even mid-20s, you could like, you could sort of like have like a really good career. Well, I was going to say, did you, I didn't, when I was a kid or a teenager, I didn't know a single person in their 30s. Did you know anyone in the 30s? When I was a like, kid? Like, like to in, understand... When you say kid, what do you mean? Like, when you were 15, 16, did you know someone in their 30s? Like, to, to sort of start envisioning, like, what that stage of life would be like? No, because you only know the parents. You know the parents so and their friends. So you know, friends. like, 50, late 40s, 50s people. Right, unless you have, like, a, an older sibling for some right. reason. Like No, a, you skip that, because those people... Yeah. Think about how many how many right. teenagers do you interact with? Zero. Think about it in reverse. Right. I you mean, have, le- you, legally? Zero. <laughs> Good. You have nothing to do with that sliver. Exactly. You exactly. skip over them. You know little kids because right. you have kids. Well, I'm trying. To, you don't have. This a nephew. is getting no, worse. You don't have a nephew who's in there. Who's yes, in their I do. Yes. yes. So, so your nephew knows someone in the thirties. But, but the thing is, my nephews that I know are actually mid twenties. I thought they were teenagers for the uh, last ten years. Yeah. <laughs> I think they were once, and the whole time uh, I no thought I, I still think they're fifteen. Right. But that's my kind of answer. Like no, no, brief exactly. interaction yeah. with it. But otherwise, you really have nothing to do with them. We Otherwise. should start a because program because twenty-three-year-olds might be working for thirty-five-year-olds. Right. We should start some sort of program that introduces teenagers to thirty-year-olds, so they so you can learn from each other. Did you see? <laughs> what do we call it? What would we call it? Um, the mentor molesters. Middle-aged connection. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> middle-aged connection, <laughs> and you should have these profile pictures like. It's a very, it's a very like crypto, like autistic idea. Middle age connection, yeah, because yeah. it sounds well, it sounds like single middle age, but also it has it, a pedophile it would, it would ring. go off the rails really quickly. Yes, it might be huge though. Did you happen to see? <laughs> did you happen? All right, let's go for it. <laughs> I'll sit on that for a second. Middle age connection. <laughs> did you happen to see Mr. Beast on Joe Rogan? Did you watch any? of I that? didn't watch any of it. No, oh that God. was during my uh, real yes, life, real right. life. Period. That was real life. Period. I decided, by the way, you're not going. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, like, 
you know, control Q on that. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not catching up on, on those three weeks. I hear that. I hear yeah. that. But we, I don't know if we spoke about it at all, but speaking we of like, we talked about that. It happened, but we didn't talk about it. So a couple of things on this, on this front, like he's 20. So who's Mr. Beast for some Mr. Beast is the most popular YouTuber on earth right now. I think. How many followers does he have? I think he has across his platforms 200 some on million followers. Jeez. Like subscribers, followers, not views. It's followers. Crazy. And That's he makes crazy. these ridiculous videos that are so like high production and at such a big scale. Mm -hmm. And you're watching this. Like what? Is he the guy who will like set a Lamborghini on fire? Yeah, or he'll bury himself alive or he recreated Squid Game. Yeah, I saw that. It, I, he really did it. It was really crazy. He really did it. Yeah. He. And he'll, robot, he'll terraform turn, yeah. an island, and he his whole disposition is incredibly so humble, and so just like I just love making YouTube videos. This is just my favorite and thing to the do. The business model is however much it costs to make that much more in ads. With it, the crazier I'm it so is, the more he'll get back. For I'm it. really curious um, the how it financially breaks down. How he yeah. actually makes money. I don't know if he cares to make profit or it all goes right back into the business. It's, he's bought he bought like four warehouses, ten million dollars studios. Ten million dollars. One thing that was interesting was he got into YouTube by like just studying it for a year, twenty-four-seven, barely sleeping, and just just studying the algorithm and really studying YouTube like a craft. In the same way you hear that Bill Gates was obsessed with software. All I wanted to do was do software. I love software. You know, like mm -hmm. the hyper obsession genius part of it is what he brings to the next generation of entrepreneurship and creators. Mm -hmm. Th that focus he gave to YouTube. And he said so casually at one point in the interview, because I'm keep I'm, I'm like I'm like making my way through it piece by piece. Mm -hmm. And he says Are like, you studying it? Like I find it fascinating. Mm -hmm. I mean I, I don't know. There's not enough information in the podcast itself to explain the how. But mm -hmm. he's saying, I mean, the, and the thing is with YouTube, anybody can do it. You can be making, and he's not saying it like a lofty guru. He's yeah. saying, you could be making $100,000 a month on YouTube. Like, it's possible. That's what's really cool about it. That's why I love YouTube. Because Joe Rogan's like, have you ever thought about going independent from YouTube? He's like, no, that's just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> he says it to Joe. He's like, why would I want to nuke my audience? That's just stupid. <laughs> and Joe goes, I, yeah, I guess so. I guess it is stupid. He's like, I, I mean, like YouTube comes pre-installed on Android. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to, I want to make videos. I don't want to make an app and like right. compete with YouTube. YouTube's been amazing. Right. And I don't know what the financials are. Like, how do you just like, let's, let's do it. It'll cost 10 million. Okay. I think, <laughs> I think the financials are like, if, if we, if we, if we buy a Lamborghini for $300,000 yeah. and blow it up, that's 300, let's say that, let's say that's $350,000 on a video, mm -hmm. but it's so insane that it's going to get. 45 million views and that's a million dollars in revenue and in ads and then right. it pays for itself so the, it's the view so the, but it's the view count and the ad sense and all of these yeah. other things i'm kind of learning about that actually compensate you i don't exactly yeah. and then brands maybe a brand yeah. sponsors the video yeah. maybe they don't pay for the lamborghini oh, that be, yeah that's probably true too but i mean I, I would think the crazier and more expensive it is the more views you can count on so it's actually it, it all works out. Yeah. So he like says, I know the video is going to do well. So I'm excited right. about it. And he's just really pure about it. He's yeah. like a kid. He's like a little kid. He wants to just make fun videos. Yeah. How the hustle. 23. Oh, wow. <laughs> the, the hustle's insane. What he's, what, and his like intuition and intelligence is insane. So he, he wasn't even that early on YouTube. No, he started like 10 years ago. Oh, that's a long time ago. I mean, it's a long time ago. Yeah. In, but, but that's not early to YouTube. YouTube's no, been around. But no, but I, he, it's not like he's six. He's not like been doing it for five years. No, he's 10. been doing it since he was a kid. No, that's what you find out. You know, since he was thirteen, he's been doing it. Making yeah, because ten years ago was what year? Two thousand twelve. Yeah, 
late yeah. stage YouTube, and he started. He was thirteen years old. Two thousand twelve late stage YouTube already. YouTube. I feel like it's like mid stage. Could be mid stage. Mid. YouTube started kicking off in two thousand and yeah. I want to say five, six. Like in, no, but like the influencer economy. Yeah, there was no creator start, economy. Yeah, yet. On, YouTube on YouTube then started. I sure, don't people people had, followers, yeah, had it. but it wasn't what it wasn't no. like the economy that it is now. But he began like his very first yeah, video yeah, yeah. as a thirteen year old right. when it was in mid stage as this stuff was kicking off. Right. So I yeah. yeah, and then he spent years like with other creators, like they all lived together and just oh, learned like from each house. other's mistakes. And yeah. every day, all day, would be on Skype calls, studying. Everything from the thumbnail, so very technical, which was interesting. All the while, all the while, posting, you know what that's from? It's Will a Will, Fer it's yeah. Will, it's Will Ferrell in one of his improv bits that I've, you know those videos you just watched yeah. a thousand times? I could feel it down in my plums. Yeah. Oh, on my wife Beverly, all the while, my son Gabriel walks in. <laughs> So, let you know. the boy watch. Let the boy watch. I think Chris Ryan says that the the that might be the best video on YouTube. The highlight. Let the boy watch. Was it the bloopers? It's of bloopers. Eastbound and down. Eastbound and down. Yeah. Anyway, all take my plums to the market. <laughs> Ready for picking. It's something about it. You know, you're it's like, so good. it's so good that I would just search it sometimes if I just want to watch yeah. it. You know, yeah. it'll, you'll get that itch. Yeah. The point is, he was <laughs> learning YouTube and learning how to make these videos. Fascinating stuff. And like Schultz. Andrew Schultz was talking about yeah. on Flagrant too. Like, if this kid represents Gen Z, like if he's next generation, then we're good. Because we we get they get such a bad rap for being just shallow and fame hungry and yeah. not really creative. And here is Mr. Beast, who's a who's a beast. Yeah, it's just like a, like a savant. Like I've never seen anything like it. Um, but I was gonna say on the on the idea that he's young mm -hmm. and starting out. What. What I found interesting was I also had this conversation this week with some fellow creators I've been following for a while who make great sketch stuff. Um, and we were talking on like a TikTok live about their process. And I feel like we talk about this a little bit. We've hinted at like getting to that place of how do we convert? What's up? I'm laughing at what I said to you when I was drunk last oh. week. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. He called my son a little bitch. <laughs> You know, it was a drunk line, but I was like, I, you wonder how you'll react. Did I defend my son? I, I kind of said, uh, your what makes you say that? Your Michael? reenactment of me saying it, I found very We funny. were sitting there, Michael was pissed drunk, he turns it. to me and he goes, yo, he's a little bitch. <laughs> like he was trying to start a fight with my six-year-old who wasn't there. And bitch, I, don't remember, I don't remember bitch, saying it. And then he did one of his like drunk giggles where he was so drunk that his head just went back. <laughs> I didn't do that. Yeah, you just kind of like, you went back to a dream state. I'm, uh, you know, you pass out mid-seat when you're so drunk, but not pass out, like you hear yeah. everything, but you like go to this special place. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> anyway, we were talking, I was talking with these two creators about yeah. this process of how to convert what you're doing as a creative endeavor into a business. Monetization, making any money doing what you're doing. And one thing that I'm always reminded of when I bring up this question is, it seems like a like kind of a fluffy, lofty idea, but if you're doing something consistently that's working, mm -hmm. the money is the inevitable result of that. But right. it comes when it comes. Because mm -hmm. you're always, and I said to them, and I, said, I think a lot of creative people have this debate with themselves where they guilt themselves by saying, I feel like I'm, I'm creatively minded, but I'm so bad at the branding and the marketing and the business side of things. What more can I be doing? Yeah. Because if that's not happening yet and you're not getting paid yet, you 
can't help but think that you're not doing enough. You're yeah. doing something wrong. It's inadequate or you're not giving enough attention to that. That could be true, but I think it's more along the lines of as you build your audience, as you put stuff out there, you'll be rewarded for it. You just have to be patient. So that that's also an argument against the Web3 crypto thing of like let's take away the middleman mm -hmm. because the reason the money just comes is because there's a really good middleman. So all you have to do is make it cr incredible content and YouTube take, takes care of the rest. Mm -hmm. If there was no YouTube, like you'd control all your videos and no one could take you down. But are you going to go sell ads? Mm -hmm. Are you going to like figure out how to monetize that and how to charge for ads? Like a lot of people don't want to do that. Interesting. Like, like, like Mr. Beast rather give up probably tens of million dollars a year just to not have to think about any of that. We spend a lot of time, we have in previous episodes being all excited about web three but yeah. it's a great point that's the big that you take for granted the business side of the creative industry that you're in and all the work that it does because a lot of people like they'll knock labels in the music industry for example right. fuck the labels i'm gonna go independent i'm like okay but you're also dismissing right. an entire infrastructure yeah. that has allowed music to reach millions of people you want to do all that yourself yeah. it's snoop dog by the all means <laughs> snoop dog on the Bre breakfast club he just bought def jam and he, he's you know he goes to these artists and they're like why yeah. don't we just be independent he's like he's like you can't bring yourself to turkey and to india and to china he's like you don't know how to do that but mm -hmm. we do so right. he's like he's like you could do very well for yourself in your city and in america maybe but if you want to be global you need to be with an infrastructure right but and you have to pay them for it what i will say is before you get to snoop dogs uh, that's ability. what he said to me. That's what he said to <laughs> Before me. you get to that argument of, of that label or that institution or entity being able to help you, you do have the means now creatively to build the audience. So what right. I what like like Mr. Beast did it all himself, yeah. but he used that platform to do it. But, but he, he still I did mean, it all himself. He 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 created the content, but YouTube put his videos in front of. Let, let, let's yes, say, let's, yes, yes, yes. You know. They did, but it no, used but, but, to be that somebody would have to come to Mr. Beast before he made the content and say. I really think you got potential, kid. I'm gonna I'm gonna hire a camera crew and invest in you, and then recoup that money. Mm -hmm. So what it has removed, what what we're talking about, sort of Web two, whatever that space yeah. has allowed for, is the artist, the musician, the videographer, the producer to make all the content mm -hmm. and distribute it via. It, it, they've they've taken on a purely distributive model where that's the service now. They don't service yeah. the making of the content. Right. They service the distribution of the it. distribution of it. Spotify. I don't want to make us. I don't want to create my own Spotify. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's there and but but I don't need a record label to invest for me to make the record. Yeah. I can make the record myself. Ben Thompson um is a really good tech writer and he talks about um something called aggregation theory. Mm -hmm. And he says it's not really even distribution. What they've done is they've aggregated all the eyeballs into one place for you. Mm -hmm. So that's what that's what they really do. That's Facebook's worth and that's their value of like if you want something to be seen, the attention Facebook is offers centralized you that, attention. That central place to go do it. And that's what right. YouTube does also. Right. Yeah. So I found that interesting, and it's just like there was a great debate of judging yourself and being patient. Mm -hmm. How do you how do you deal with that? Because if you're going to judge yourself harshly, then mm -hmm. you're going to try to do everything you can do. But what if how, how much does patience play into that when you're waiting for things to grow? Maybe it's not maybe it's not uh, something more you could be doing other than waiting. I don't want to say waiting because it's not passive. Because yeah. if you're putting stuff out there, and I've been told that countless times, dude. You're putting it out. You're doing it. You know, I've been gotten all that encouragement, and mm -hmm. it's great. And I, I guess I believe that. 
because I'm starting to th- see things connect. Like I've been hired to do certain things yeah. and opportunities are kind of coming my way out of nowhere, but they're not. It's as, as a result of the scale of output I've been. But your feedback doing. is our views and, and followers and that's all trending in the right direction. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, it's not just people saying I love I love your stuff. Like with, with my newsletter now. Um, yeah, tell me. It's 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 been very fun, and and I have, I have people reaching out to me like almost every I mean, every week saying, "Dude, I loved your story. That was great." Like I'm getting a lot of the kind of feedback I want. Oh. But the and and I've done enough stuff to know the difference between like no one has to do that. So like I'm I'm taking it with more than just a grain of salt. Um, but the subscriber numbers aren't growing, and like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty like explicitly like pushing that. So now, so it's been six weeks. So like now, I'm trying to think more of what I can be doing to to pushing people to like share it, um, and to try other means of of getting the stories out there because like the numbers aren't going up the way I want them to. I hear that, but what about me and my stuff? Because <laughs> that's what we were talking. No, I will say. No, well, it's, it's the same. Well, it's the same thing. Same hustle, but six weeks. Most content creators would be like six weeks is the very beginning, but but year no, one but, is the very beginning. But I'm talking about trends. So if we're like we're like for you, like everything's trending in the right direction. You're getting more followers every day. You're getting like yeah. I that, didn't get I didn't get is. more. Fo- I didn't get any directional trend for a year and a half. If it makes sense, if it puts it in perspective for you, like I opened my Instagram account yeah. and started putting stuff, creative bits yeah. out there in 2019. I'm, I, I'm not even talking about. I'm talking about like. One, if I got one new subscriber a week, that would be that would, that would be something. I think you're, you're so you're looking for such a for any kind of frequency, and the only thing you should probably be worried about right now is just making the newsletter as good and consistent as possible for a while. Um, I, I I don't think I don't think you can't do both at the same time. That's the thing. That's what think, we are yeah, talking about. Yeah. Is there a way to do both at the same time? And my understanding and my experience of it has always been: stop thinking about the numbers and mm-hmm. stop thinking about subscribers. Focus on the work right now. Yeah, because it's so early and like I've asked a bunch of people, they're like, yeah, oh, we've been doing them six years. I think we started doing it. And now we're finally starting to see that growth. Yeah. It just puts it into perspective. Oh, six years. You're at six weeks. It's the beginning where you're building like a foundation, you know, and it's almost yeah. like when you're building a building that's going to be s- stable and sustainable and mm-hmm. be resilient. There's all this stuff happening when you're building the foundation and people drive by every day. They're like doesn't look like anything's happening with this building. I'm just seeing dirt. See, Every day I just see dirt. I I'm take I I'm taking the other approach that that not not to focus any less on on the content, but but I but there's something there's something missing from the the product itself that you think like, so because like, you're getting feedback the people who do prod get it yeah, are reacting but but, 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 That's I, good. but i think five years from now I, I just mean like the the copy i'm using around sharing mm-hmm. like where the buttons are and all that i i think five years from now that stuff still isn't gonna work mm. no matter how good the stories are i i think what it is is saying like the the little attempts you're making at sharing are are not the right attempts right I think, I think i think that those skills just come with with the other thing so the more you just do it daily mm-hmm. you'll get better naturally at where to share it i mean you'll you'll get smoother at how it's, well, it's a i don't read your, th- your newsletters yeah, i don't no. know what i'm talking about i'm not even on the list because you didn't sign up see i have to proactively sign up yeah all right so let no me you know you, you, it doesn't just come preloaded on your phone oh. yeah 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 oh that's thing. <laughs> Unless I guess you have a friend put your email. What I mean no, is like no, yeah. when I started using TikTok, my goal yeah. was to make content. I was just saying, let's just make a video every day. Yeah. But in making a video every day, all these other ex- external skills started to happen. 
editing faster, smoother, what looks good, what doesn't look good. All the information you'll learn as you do it consistently will come. But I did email marketing professionally for a few years. So like I'm not starting at like I'm not starting at zero. Like I I know the So that's the what I'm not saying to, to, to not apply yeah, what you yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. That's apply what you know. I, I'm just trying to, to to compliment you that that you have a lot of great things going on. So oh. there's nothing to worry about. Because like you're 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 doing well. Like episode twenty three. <laughs> no, um, no, like the, I, no, I think I the money that. will Thank come you. in your case. Right. Like in my case, I wouldn't necessarily look at what I'm doing and say, "Don't worry, the money will come." I was, is it good? You think the stuff is good? I I, I do think the stuff is good. I so I think in the end, it's like quality. What's the phrase? You just have to become undeniable. You know when you see these successful entertainers yeah. and showbiz people, yeah. they always go, they always make it sound so simple, and yeah. you want to say that they're bullshitting. Just be as great as you can be. And you're like, that's not helpful. I think I'm great, but apparently it's not working. Yeah. And there, there's so much more technical information yeah. missing from a statement like that. But I think if you're taking that at its for its at, at face value for like its best intended uh intent, yeah. that be the best you can be, it's it's sort of like you have to make sure that you're constantly working on whatever craft it is you're putting out, and that's the product, that's the most important thing. Because what a lot of people overlook is, I want all these followers, but like, what am I making? They don't care. They just mm -hmm. want the followers. They right. want the end results, uh, the growth, mm -hmm. the attention without the foundation. And then everything just crumbles because you haven't done anything of value, really. Right. Like my cosmetic tutorials went like nowhere. <laughs> my makeup tutorials. Like people just didn't want Eyebrows. that from me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's also like what started to change for me on social media was when I started to actually use it as a tool to feature entertaining stuff and not mm -hmm. either promotional stuff i was like right. oh you have to actually make good things here i didn't realize yeah. that i really didn't i really yeah. didn't i thought they were just like commercials like hey come check out right. all my good stuff over here and that so was challenging I, musically because you make all these records and you make all this other stuff and you put on these shows yeah. and social media was just i was trying to just get people to use social media to come to where where things are good but in social media it's I've, i made a video about this on my tiktok which was like you have to treat social media like it's the show not the commercial Right. I thought about that this week because I was tweeting out, here's my latest story from the newsletter. And I was like, that's just promotional. That's mm -hmm. like, I was like, how do I make this tweet mm -hmm. the story? Yeah. So I'm working on something now. I, I, I'm, I'm going to try a couple of things, but I, but I thought about that this Maybe week. Maybe take your most scintillating excerpt of the story and just tweet that and have people go, what is that? Yeah. About? So, so, but, but still, that's like, that's still like, uh, and he placed his penis inside go, of the <laughs> dot, I want dot, you to dot. go from here. I was like, how do I make the story a tweet? So like I'm making a video, so like like um you know with like cool captions. I mm -hmm. think that's one way to make it a tweet. Yeah. It's like a video at least. So that's like a step in the right direction. Right. Um, I I, I don't the I don't think it's gonna work. I want to try it. Short stories, right? It's like it's like a 45 second read. Yeah. And and two recommendations. But um, that's you could not, do uh, Instagram with visualizers. I'm, you know, like words and a visualizer, as in like a, a waveform talking. Yeah, I don't. I don't think anyone's going to Instagram to read something. I, I think the video has to be so kick-ass that just watching the video, basically with the sound off, is like worthwhile. Like that. That I think that's the only way to make a story work on Instagram. No one's go. No one's reading. No one's reading. They're just. What not if doing you it. put it into the audio of like a of a video, of like you know those like I don't know stock footage and like it's your audio. I don't know what your story is about. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, I mean, like, uh, no, I mean, it's like a, a weird narrator telling a, like about an episode from their life. That's like kind of like offbeat. I mean, it, it would be something like if I could take like a dog and make their mouth move and do it like that. Like th that's the type of thing I'm talking about where like the video itself is worthwhile. It's like it's interesting. 
I just mean because really Instagram is visual. Right. So, uh, right. You would get either a visualizer or a GIF or something that would just yeah. move while text is being displayed. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's like the, the the lowest bar you could set for yourself of like, let's make the story, but it's moving. You know uh -huh. what I mean? Like, I, I don't think that's going to like move the We'd needle. We'd have to be more creative with it. we have to be more creative. So I'm trying to think of ideas. Or abstract visual visualizers that give you the same feeling. I don't, I don't think people want to sit and look at a visualizer either. I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't. Visualizer. <laughs> what about those like visualizer? I, I have a good one for you. Yeah, I, I just thought of it. This is serious. There's a there's a great TikTok account that mm -hmm. stumbled upon my for you page, and it's purely a waste of time. Mm -hmm. But it's it's called Stories of Reddit. Okay. Okay. This is what you should do. I this is how I've seen it, yeah. the written form as entertaining. So it's this robot voice mm -hmm. reading people's stories. And the questions are always so, like, uh, intriguing. Mm -hmm. It's like, um, it's sort of like uh, 90s kids. What's the craziest thing you ever saw a teacher do in class? And then he reads. And then they read users. User nine point. It says, when I, was in, when I was a sophomore year, my teacher came in and clearly was having a bad day. He went outside and began to smoke a cigarette. One of the other students threw a rock at him. He came in and did a spinning back kick on the other kid and <laughs> threw him across the room. Instant respect. Or what's the crazy, what's the most fucked up thing, family secret that you know that no one knows you know? <laughs> so they're always like, yeah. when I was five years old, my sister accidentally killed the neighbor. We buried her in our backyard and told no one. I still think about it to this day. Whenever I ask my father, he pretends she never existed. <laughs> you know, yeah. and you're just like, you can't stop watching. So it has like, amp, you know, atmospheric music underneath that supports the vibe of the story. Yeah. And it's this robot voice reading it to you. That would be something. Yeah. And I, and, and, and it's so addicting. And it's sort of like, um, Name your biggest kick-ass moment that was unintended. Ha ha. I was at a casino with this girl I had a crush on. I said, hey, watch this. As she turned, I looked. I went to the slot machine and I said, check it out. I hit it. It hit a jackpot right off the bat. I pretend like it was nothing and it happens all the time. I still think about it as my most boss moment till this day. Yeah. Nothing happened, but, yeah. you know. So, so the, it's good yeah. stories read by this robot voice. Yeah. And that's, it's like That's this. my favorite thing on TikTok when they take something that would otherwise be so completely useless and boring like yeah they they deliver it in such a way like 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 there'll be a video of like like a rock rolling down the hill <laughs> like literally that's all it is but the caption is like how i feel on monday or whatever yeah. and you're just like genius they like just you just you infuse meaning, meaning into it and like i love that tiktok infuses meaning yeah. into everything or like a face like Ugh. yeah you know my yeah. hangover hangovers on midweek hangovers be like yeah exactly um yeah so you should check um, this this is all the inspo you need reddit stories of reddit it, yeah, and and yeah. it is what it also is is it's deep dark internet stuff yeah. that you'd find back right. in the '90s on a Saturday right. night. Be like, I found this right. crazy story, right. and they're giving it to you on so, a silver platter. So maybe the real question is, how do I make my story not be a short story, but like, like if, if my story was a comment on a Reddit question, it would be a lot more interesting than just Michael wrote a short story. Like, how do I so don't how get, do I frame it in a way? Don't get trapped in your own label and write whatever right. you think might bait people no, into no, the longer it, no, stuff. No, it's, it's not even about it's not even about writing it. It's about how I take what's already written but mm -hmm. reframe it. That's what I mean. Can you like sum up your story into a shorter story? No, that's that's not even what I'm talking about. Some something like like the TikTok version would be like it's the story, but the video is like you go through a house and you take a box and you open it and inside the box is like the written story. Like that's like the worst version of it. But I mean like, um, it's, it's the same story. The challenge is, is presenting it in a way that doesn't feel like a short story. 
it's something other than you'd have to check out this that. account use your own yeah. creative sensibility because yeah. it's a little too removed for me to know exactly what to do with right, that case. Right. no but and it, it would it, be hard for you to go online and just read one because you got like i mean you got the kids and like all that so like i don't i don't expect you to do that to, to, to be read, able to contribute to this conversation to read it no but i'm just saying <laughs> your idea i don't know how to translate your long story into a short story that's up to you no no it is a short story yes it it it, it takes it takes 45 seconds to read so that's it. Literally, here's yeah. your whole video. No, but that's what I'm saying. That's not for me to sit there and read it. Is not the thing people want to see on TikTok. You have to no get the robot voice to read it. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's one idea. Yeah, yeah but 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 even but even instead of me saying yeah. I'm reading my story, I would be like, check out this thing I found in my father's closet or something. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden, it's a different like thing. You know what I mean? Or like you need a hook, a hook, a, a hook. A hook to a hook for why you should be listening right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You need a hook. So derive the hook from the story. Um, um, it doesn't even necessarily have to come from the story. Or but whatever. I hear what you're saying. The yeah. hook, like in those first few seconds, to give somebody something. What I see on TikTok all the time on, on these story I, yeah. storyteller TikToks are I'm all sure like, I'm, you will not believe how yeah. this ends, or they'll always say like, make sure you watch the end because that's the you know you don't like that. It's not, that's not even what I'm saying. I know. Oh, I got I, I got to find, find an example. I know. Um, but anyway, more on that later. We could. That's a good strategy. But I'm just yeah. saying that's like the written word in TikTok visual format is this narrator, and you right. should check that out. Um, anyway, is that our first fight? Fight? <laughs> was it a fight? If it was, I say that to Sarah all the time. Whenever like she slightly raises her voice, <laughs> is that our first fight? <laughs> I don't have to say that to my wife because <laughs> we know it's not. <laughs> Um, uh, that's just you being weird. She'd be like, Ugh. yeah, it gives you an instant eye roll. Sarah, no, she, she laughs. She laughs at the stories. Man, you guys get letter. along. It's really disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, you, I, 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 one of this past week when you went up to her, you were like, you look nice. You said something like you look nice. Yeah. Who says that to their <laughs> wife? So weird. I'm sorry. You guys have been married a lot longer than us and you have four kids. Right. It's different. Yeah. My wife will look at me and just go, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> I also tell her whenever, whenever. But she's with me, so it's like an ultimate compliment. Like, also, look what yeah. I put up with. Look what, in spite of, I'm still here. I try to remind her sometimes that I can also, whenever I want, sort of just get into a car and not come back. You know, I was, I was like, if you want, I could just leave and not come back. I say things like, uh, I say morbid. I'm like, I probably will die first, and you're gonna miss me. Yeah, yeah. You know, that'll be a hard time for you. It reframes it because I'm. I, men live shorter lives. Yeah. You'll miss all this. You'll yeah. miss how annoying this is. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes at night. <laughs> she lays down next to me and the first words I, I, I get in and it's like you're bothering me <laughs> wait you say that to her she, no she says to me the way you're breathing like uh, I make a no I go uh, she goes I totally hear what she's you're saying you're bothering me <laughs> I totally hear what she's saying about me about about not, the presence not you of, specifically but I, I could I could hear the way that happens or, or like the noise you're making yeah uh, yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> wife stuff it's very funny yeah that was a Chris Rock back. you ever catch a wife just looking at you <laughs> just like ugh cause you weren't her first choice that's what that look means looking at you Patrice um, has good stuff about that Patrice too. we wanna I be alone but we don't wanna be by ourselves <laughs> it's a great bit I saw a Gaffigan bit where he was like yeah. it was like my wife gets mad at me. Where did you go? I was in the bathroom. And then when I go to, and I, no, she's like, you didn't tell me. And then when I tell her I'm going to the bathroom, she goes, you're going again? <laughs> Jim Caffrica. Um, I was at a comedy show last night for a friend of mine, a fellow comedian impressionist. Yeah. 
at Caroline's. He headlined oh, at yeah. Caroline's. Yeah. Crushed can I, say, it. can I say one thing about Jim Gaffigan? Sure. Before we go, he put up a picture. He's a religious fella. Yeah. He put up a picture. I follow him on Instagram. He put up a picture of his... Uh, should I even get into this? Yes. He put up a picture of his teenage daughter in like a yeah. very... Re- did you see this? Of like a very Probably. revealing like bikini or something. Mm-hmm. Which like if she put that up herself, I'd be like, yeah, that's what teenagers do. Right. But he put it up of her. Did you save the photo? I didn't say the photo. <laughs> okay. I, just, I just... But I was thinking like as a religious guy, I wonder why he put that up. But also, do you think just because it's his daughter, it's so far removed from him from thinking it's like inappropriate? That like, like I wonder, like at what point you start looking at your kids and you're like, I can't put that picture up because she's like. So what's weirder if you go if she's like that's weird. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Also, be like, yeah, to be like, I didn't even think about it. What's, what do you? That would be so weird, weird if thing. I thought about right, it. Right, right. To be like, yeah, I don't know, just a thought. Yeah. Right. Like I, I can't. It's less not creepy that he up, did it, but I can't put it up because the reasons not to put it up make you a creep. Right. Yeah. I remember being on this shoot once for a commercial. And this guy who was like a young 50s looking guy, like Silver Fox looking guy, was talking about his teenage daughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, yeah, my daughter, man, she's like 15. She's got all her friends over now. They don't even cover the asses anymore these days. You know, it's all asses on my pool right on the front. And I was like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> You know, they just have the asses all out these days. He's talking about a bunch of 15-year-olds yeah. and his daughter's friends. I'm like, you're not talking about your daughter, right? Just like her friends. That's not much better, yeah. but it's yeah, not. I bet Louis C.K. could make it funny because cause it's a real thought. <laughs> That's that... my Louis face. <laughs> I'm just Louis. It's a real thought, yeah, yes. But you have to present it in a pretty brilliant way. Yeah. So you went to Caroline's. <laughs> so I went to Caroline's with my date who was 15. No. Oh, God. Um... And what was I gonna? No, it was just great. I was just saying, so like, whose show was it? Matt Friend. His name is Matthew Friend. Uh-huh. Chicago guy moved to New York. We've done a few things online, like some video. We did a video is it together. TikTok friend, TikToker, fellow comedian, great impressionist. Um, you would have. I mean, you know, you like a good impression. Yeah, I wanted to come. Yeah, who does he do? What's he his? He does everybody. Yeah. He does Trump. He does. He does, he does a, Trump. <laughs> but he does a good Trump. I'll tell you what, folks. It's re- he does a, like everyone's Trump is different. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's so many different I kinds like of. The weir- I like the weird ones. So his is his is really spot on. Like his are his impressions are uncanny accurate yeah. in every way. They're not like the Tim Dillon esque where they're like way out there, which yeah, I know yeah, are your I favorites. You would appreciate it though. You appreciate a good impression. But he did yeah. a good job, and uh, it's just funny for me. As I've committed to like getting more in touch with the comedy scene, remember we've spoken on the very first episode. I'm like, uh-huh. I'm beginning my journey into New York City's comedy scene as mm-hmm. I've arrived here back on the East Coast. Yeah. I like find myself there and it reaffirms like writing stuff down in front of you and getting yourself into that headspace and how to actually make things happen to the point where th- things started happening where I was reached. I, I, you know, I just. I think about it a lot because I did spend a lot of time and we I feel like everybody has in that space where you want things to be happening and they're not. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a very frustrating place to be. I spent like my whole college years feeling like I wasn't killing there and getting everything out of it that I should have. And then before like when you're in that figuring out phase and you're just like I want to be doing this and I want to be doing this but I'm not doing any of that. Mm. Why? <laughs> and it's easy for people to say, well, you just got to, you know, and I came across a Simon Sinek video of all things. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if the advice is still generic, 
or it's less generic because maybe I've applied, finally listened and like taken some of that stuff into account. It's a big part of it. And then it becomes real. Yeah. Like, but one of the things he said, this was interesting, was it doesn't matter if you have a huge goal or a macro goal. The important thing is not, the important, the important thing is not to accomplish a master goal. It's just to start the process. It's mm. not to finish the process. It's not to begin. It, I, I, he said it better, but it, his, his thing is, you don't have to take on some huge undertaking. You just have to start. Yeah. And then it becomes a big thing if it continues. But you have to start. And everyone forgets starting. So that, that, they think about, ah, oh, I want to be there and I want to be there yeah. and I'll be there. All you, you don't have to be there. Yeah. You don't have to be there. You just have to start. That, that's my dream. If, if I ever have any amount of success that I could like leverage into like, here's my resume and here's why you should listen to me. Mm -hmm. I want to write a book about how to start. Things. Yeah. I think I'm pretty good at starting things actually. Um, Seeing, I right. mean, seeing them through successfully is, is a whole different thing. Right. But, but like you're saying, like just starting, uh -huh. um, yeah, there, there's a, there's a, but a method to that. But um, but how did how does that apply to what you were doing? Like you're well, because you just I'm, 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 I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm just laying the facts out. Yeah. Nothing, you know, as you were saying, things on social media are growing steadily, which is nice. More followers and more things are happening and yeah. more attention. I'm booked next week to play two, to do two sets. Mm-hmm. At a real comedy club in front of an audience, doing five minutes on each one. But it, it, you know, it wasn't a clear line of, I want to book that. So I just like booked it. You know, I have to trace back all the yeah. steps that took to get to that point. And it's not a massive accomplishment. I'm just kind of acknowledging the small little like stepping stones along the way because mm -hmm. I'm trying to be conscious of it because it's, and we're documenting it through the podcast. So if you think about it, so I'm doing an opening on, uh, uh, I'm doing a set for Elon Gold Show. Mm -hmm. He's doing an hour, two, uh, I think at, I think it's an hour at Stand Up New York next week. Yeah. The Tuesday and Wednesday, the 20, whatever, 8th and 29th, I believe, or 29th and 30th. I should, yeah. I should know that by heart at this point. See, we're not good at promo. <laughs> Creators. <laughs> the point is, if I trace it all the way back, yeah. I'm like, for people who want to know, like, oh, I remember I'd see a comic or something. So how did you get booked here? Like, I'm curious. So I'm asking myself that yeah. question, right? And I was putting out all this, these videos. Mm -hmm. And I think Elon started, like, I've known Elon for a long time, but he started really liking a lot of the Gary V bits. And then eventually I went on his live stream show. And on the live stream, and this was all over a course of a long period of time, started doing bits and impressions on his show. We had a good time. Then we stayed in touch. And he can't, I'm like, you know, in the happenstance of him coming to New York and that he's booked these shows and, and I'm doing five minutes on each show. So I have to trace that all back, but I'm just happy with the fact that I don't know, I, you know, I have to be patient with it, but I'm happy with the fact that as I participate and engage with the comedy scene, I'm seeing, I'm seeing more, it, it, it come back to me, yeah. you know, it engaged back with me. Yeah. And, you know, like we label ourselves different things. And for a while I had that imposter syndrome. I'm a mm. musician. I'm not a comic. What am I talking about? Like mm. I made a few funny videos. I'm going to try it. What am I, a comedian now? Are you kidding? But now I'm, I'm a lot less uncomfortable saying that. Mm -hmm. I can say it with a little more as I start to participate more in this and actually do it. Mm -hmm. uh, it feels good. And also I was going to add that, that, oh, when I go out now, I've had... I didn't tell you this before the podcast, but like someone came up to me online as I'm waiting to get online. And I was like, say, oh, how do you know Matt? Such and such. Oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, he's a great impression. He's like, yeah, well, I love your Jordan Peterson. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> and I'm like, what's your name? <laughs> <laughs> 
Why, thank you. And he bought me some drinks, and I yeah. sat down, and I'm like, huh. And I told you another thing. He bought you thing. some drinks. Two diet, cool. two diet Cokes. I'm lame-tard. But he asked you if, you if he could get you something, and you said two Diet no, Cokes. No, <laughs> no, I got the drinks. Yeah. Oh, there's the And then the bill memo, came, right? and he said, I got it. That's cool. That was nice. That's really nice. I think I paid for the Coke check, though. It's not that cool. That's basically Patreon. <laughs> Please support us with Diet <laughs> Cokes. We don't want any money. The, the, and then I told you the other a couple weeks ago, I was at a comedy show two weeks ago or so, and yeah. five people stopped me who recognized yeah. what I was up to. And then another kid was like looking at me in a bodega <coughs> and he was just had headphones on. It was like an NYU kid. And he goes, I'm like, hey. he's like, just want to say, man, I'm a really big fan of your TikToks. And I was like, why, thank you. So it's so funny because like if I got green light on a television show or yeah. some network thing, I'd kind of know, okay, stuff is getting out there. And it wouldn't surprise me if yeah. maybe somebody watched it and it was on some... But TikTok makes you kind of inv it makes your fan base sort of invisible to you. Yeah. You don't know where they are. Right. So that's sort of where I'm at right now. It's confusing. Can Remember, I called you afterwards. I'm like, Michael, I got stopped like five yeah. times when I was out. This is strange. Yeah. That's that's a real cool indication that something's happening. Yeah. Are you disgusted by these people when you when you meet them oh, in person? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Are they good people? And they're all great. All yeah. great. I'm uh, I'm flattered. It's very very kind. Yeah. And it, it's nice. It's like. Did oh. he just have like a Confederate flag wrapped around him? <laughs> Why would I attract that? <laughs> I don't know. Um, and you, like he, he did. He did. <laughs> this was an NYU funny. kid. I'm yeah. a big fan of your TikTok. <laughs> um, anyway, you talk. I went on. Um, but anyway, that it no, was just. That's it was, great. I think that's it awesome. was cool. Yeah. It was cool, and it, it it's more that like. I sat there as at a friend show who like sold out this room. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so one day, like you know, I'm thinking to myself, like one day I'll, I'll get to this point. But then I'm thinking to myself, can I sell out this room? Like now, if I wanted to, right, right. I have no idea because yeah. social media makes it very confusing. Yeah, um, you should try it out at a small. Say you're going to an open mic. Yeah, and just put it out there up. and yeah. see what happens. I guess that's, I guess it's time to do that now. But I have to work out enough stuff. Yeah. To put I in saw front of people. the first time I realized YouTube was a thing mm -hmm. was I was walking the city and there were like literally four square blocks f blocked off by the police, filled with like thirteen year olds. And I was, I was like, who? Well, I was like, what is going on here? I've never seen anything like this in my life. And someone, and someone's like, yeah, Mr. Beast is here. I don't remember. I, I never. How was, long ago? Was it this? wasn't Mr. Beast. It was, it was some name I'd never heard of. And I remember I'm, I'm you like, told me this at the time. I'm like, who is that? And they're like, he's on YouTube, dude. And I'm like, oh my god, like, like. I feel like it was like a Logan Paul like, or Casey. Yeah, Nista. something like that. Like you could have a hundred million fans that like right. show up. It's like, and it's no nuts. one outside of them know you. Exactly. <laughs> like he's not famous, but like. But he's famous to exactly yeah, that many 20, people. 20,000 people showed up to see this guy. That, to me, is the most exciting part of yeah. the creator economy, is that you can literally have your niche and your people and no one else. You don't have yeah. to go beyond that. Like, you can be sustained and supported by people who really love you. Yeah. And that's exciting. That's cool. One thing I just want to say, maybe we'll end on this, mm. is the, the thing you said about Simon Sinek, how, like, you actually listen this time. <coughs> I do find that... Like a lot of as like I try more in earnest, a lot of the same lessons I've heard a thousand times, I'm just actually like trying to listen to and to do. Like, for example, I think like the way we grew up, like or the schools the school we went the schools we went to, like the trick is to like how do you get to the end point without doing all the work? Like how can you do as little work as possible? So like I'm doing this, um I'm following George Saunders. He's like a really prolific short story writer on he has a, a, a sub stack and he'll he'll uh, present a story like a famous story and then sort of walk you through why it works it's like mm -hmm. it's really really awesome if you're a writer so i'm reading it and like he's giving you exercises he's like read it 
then take a minute, then read it again, and then write down like what you thought of it. So I read that, and I'm like, okay, read it. I read it once. Read it again. I don't have to do that. Write it down. Whatever I got in my head, and and then and then like I'll get to the good stuff. His like thing, but I'm I'm like, why don't why don't I just do what he's saying to do? Like, why am I trying to like watch the Simon Sinek video, know it, and then move on? Like. Like do the thing, you know, and like Put really try to absorb it. Yeah, no, but really, I mean, it's you're it's saying so we, simple, we are. We, but why? What do you? What does that have to do with our upbringing? Because like, because like, it would be like it's um, a good point. We are. It's not just us; it's everybody. Yeah, it would be like. Um, How do we get to the end? I mean, it, it's the thing of like, there's a test on Friday. Try to find a girl in your class who took notes. Like, <laughs> learn all the bullet points and, and like learn exactly what you need to know for the test do well on the test and like move on the information is the least important part of the whole thing like right. learning is the least important part of the whole uh, thing and like those who were successful in in the type of school hack hackery we to, yeah hackery. Th- those those were the best ones um good point like learning the math it wasn't about learning why math works it was right. like learning the steps you take to get to the answer yeah and the fewer steps you can take the more celebrated you are Right. It's not about understanding why algebra works. Mm-hmm. And, and then you get out and, and, and you're like in the world and you're like, what do I do now? <laughs> yeah. It's a very good point. And it's also like I keep I have this image in my mind of the mountaintop, figuratively mm. speaking. On, uh, and somebody keeps asking a guy who's climbed it, like, how do you get to the top? And he just points to one place and he goes, oh, it's right there. And it's this treacherous squiggly line squiggly line in my eye <laughs> where do you go um it's this squiggly treacherous line that's yeah. unpredictable tar- sharp twists and turns he was okay that's all one good but 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 how do i get there you know, he just keeps pointing right there that's what i did that's mm-hmm. what you do and it's this it's unpredictable and it keeps changing and it keeps going in different directions but you have to go that yeah. way and everyone else just keeps asking the same question, expecting right. a different answer. Right. And I think what you're saying is you're looking for the hack, for the shortcut, for the thing. How do you do it? And what you find most of the time is there isn't one. Uh, b- b- there is just... Now, my issue was always put in the work. I'm willing to put in the work. What's the work? Right. That I always needed to know yeah. for a long time. It's not like I'm not being lazy. And I'm not trying to look for a shortcut. But just tell me what the work is. Yeah. And then it was sort of revealed to me by doing content and realizing, okay, that's what that is. And I think a lot of that is what's missing from the yeah. conversation. It's the advice givers saying, right. put in the work. What's the work? Right. Where do we meet, Gary? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's that idea. Yeah, yeah. Of course it takes work. Right. And I don't think people are lazy. And some people are just saying, I want to get to 10,000 followers in a month. Like, how do I do that? I'm like, no, that's yeah. all backwards. But what is the work? Put, put that it, takes, that's put hard. It, put another way, Gary V probably just needs to make five videos that everyone can watch. He, like, But instead he makes a video every single day because there are people who are like, I, I don't just want, I don't want to actually do the thing I learned in yeah, those five yeah. videos. I just want to watch you make videos every day. He says that all the time. I've been saying the same shit for 15 years. Yeah. Same shit over and over again. There's no secret. There's no sauce. There's no magic trick. Yeah. And even he says going viral is not, a, is not, is not magic either. It happens and you move on, you yeah. know? Um, it pops off, feels good for a day, and you keep going. Yeah. So the question is really the conversation should be centered around not do I put in the work or do I not, but what is the work? And that's a technical question. So in your case, it's read that story, break it down, do it again every day. Write every single day. For comedy stuff, I've been writing a joke a day. And even if it's bad, right. and even if it's nothing, even if it's barely a premise, I force myself to take out a notepad Slightly different process than typing on a phone, even though I do that if I have to. And I'll just write down. Mm-hmm. Because I wa- because I listened to Seinfeld's podcast with Tim Ferriss, which you loved and you were very moved by. I did like it. You thought uh, you said you hated it. I don't like him, but uh-huh. I, I like it. Was, but he's he talking about his process. And I'm like, yeah. okay. And I remember this at the Berkeley College of Music. 
this teacher got up there and said, I'm not teaching you guys shit. I hate this job. Like that was his MO. He hated it. He goes, mm. you want to be great? Copy the great players. It's all there. You just don't want to do it. Like he was one of these really cynical guys. I think he passed away <laughs> recently. <laughs> he was like, when I die, I'm going to drive off a cliff. I, I'm going to control it myself. He was very dark yeah. and he sort of hated school, the school and the institution, but he's like, copy the great players. Learn the Miles Davis record. You want to be great? Do it. It's right there. And then just pause, silence. And I'm like, yeah, but you're, you're also a paid educator here, dude, so maybe you want to do something. <laughs> His point, though, is profound and true. Yeah. It's all there. So the work is, oh, okay, so I sat down and I wrote a joke. And as I listened to Seinfeld's episode where he like has a, a time slot during the day purely dedicated to just development and writing. Until mm -hmm. noon, he takes no calls, nothing, almost nothing. He may be emergencies, but he goes into his own. Mm -hmm. And he writes. So I was like, I'll, I'll write a joke a day. Because I need more material. I need to work this stuff out and test stuff out on stage. I want to try to write a joke and work that creative muscle, the joke writing muscle. Where does he work out his jokes? Does he just show up to stand? I think he shows ever? up to stuff. I really yeah. don't know. But he's the kind of guy also who has an act that will last him years mm -hmm. and he'll do it everywhere. Mm -hmm. He comes from that old school comedy thing where you need one act that can last, maybe add, add to it over time and you want to make it more topical. He's not one right. of these Louis C.K. who writes an hour every year yeah. and throws out the other hour. We still have to like, watch that hour. I know. For sure. Yeah. Anyway, the point is, like, he does this, and either I cannot do that, or I can do that, yeah. and or at least try to emulate it to the best of my ability, yeah. and then he also says something in that, because I'm like, what the hell is stand-up? Like, how does this work? And he says, the secret really to good stand-up, first and foremost, is good writing. And when he put it in those terms in that podcast, I committed myself to writing a joke a day, because you watch these stand-ups, and it looks like they're just shooting the shit, but yeah. there's real stuff happening there, and real yeah. moves, and real punches, and all that. And of course you know that, but when it's when it's spelled out for you. Yeah. I wrote a joke today. Can I hear it? Uh, we should close on Michael's joke. Hear it? Of course. <laughs> we should have a segment of the podcast where we test out bits on each other. Oh, well, it's not going to make so much sense for you because I'm just thinking now. Okay. You want to hear it? Uh, it's, it's not going to land for you because you, 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 I, I know it's not going to land for you. Go. So, disclaimer. And then I'll close with one of mine because I'll, I'll get my book. It, it, it really tickles me. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not going to work for you literally because you don't have the same kind of coffee maker I have, but the joke was... Well, you're a good... Com you're you're yeah, being a comedian. What I love about Keurig coffee makers is when it says add water, it's not a suggestion. <laughs> you, know, you, don't have, you don't have like three cups left until you need to add more water. It's like for the, you have to add water right now. And it's, it's the only thing in my life that I don't really put off. Like, when it says add water, I take the thing out, I, I fill it up with water, and I put it back in. Like it yell, yells at you? It, no, it's a it, demand? It, it, it won't work unless you add water. Everything else, like, like with the gaslight, with, like, batteries on low, like, everything else is like, eventually you're going to have to do something about this. With Keurig, it's like, no, 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 right now, add water. <laughs> And then, and, and then is I, there more to it? I think I do get it. And then, and then I brought it to a dark place. I was like, when when my eldest passed away, I and then I like about like waiting to do something about the funeral or something like that. Oh yeah, my goodness! Well, let's flesh <laughs> this out a little more. There's something there, and there's something that's revealing of your personality. I also it. think it's funny to to then to then like the tag, be like, you know, the the obvious tag is like. You know, like uh, I never, I never charge my phone until it's already dead. But to bring it to like, like something very profound that like needs to be done immediately, but you put it off, like someone's death. <laughs> and dealing with funeral. <laughs> like when my mother died, I didn't call the police for a day, something like that. <sighs> okay, I've bombed in front of you. <laughs> I have to try it in front of an audience, but no. But you don't have, you don't have a Keurig with. This joke only works 
in audiences of people with a Keurig of a certain caliber. I'm not there, but you were right. Should you I called be, it. Should I be the Keurig guy? Maybe that's like my, I'm the Keurig comic. Oh, this is the one about reverse puberty that we did earlier. I want to find one to close on. Michael All did right. one. And now I can bomb in front of you because we're feeling vulnerable. Um, Put it in the comments. If you liked it, let me know. Okay, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Okay, I said that about 30s. Wow, I did a bunch of jokes in this episode, I guess. Um, okay. Oh, no. None of these are worked out. It's just scribble and nonsense in my mind. But let's see. Um, do one now. Okay, fine. Um, do one about something I can't relate to. Okay. Okay. Okay, uh, here we go. I took my kids to Legoland recently. When I was a kid, I loved theme parks. But now, as parents with kids, no. It's just, it's awful. And it sucks when you are planning, I'm trying to read my scribble. It sucks when you're planning to go to a theme park. Because this is what you think. <laughs> it's going to be like, wee, yay, I love theme parks just like when you were a kid. It's amazing. But in reality, <laughs> I can't do this, Jeff, to do it. <laughs> but in reality, so you think it's going to be fun. We, yeah. But in reality, this is what a theme park is. Ah, oh, I, I, this joke was so, <laughs> it made, I'm bombing in front of an audience of one, just like you did. Yeah. Um, I, 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 re, I just read on the bottom what this says, act out. <laughs> <laughs> I picked the wrong joke. I'm sitting down. This is the work. Yeah, this so it's work. it's uh, you have to act out what you're doing. This is why stand up is so hard. Act out what you're doing, and it says here in parentheses, standing. Oh fuck! Mm -hmm. My backpack confusion, frustration, and trying to eat. Oh god! Hey, you gave it a shot. <laughs> Corporate friends you like COVID. No, no, no. You when get, your spouse you get gets one, sick, you get one. You get one. You get one. Yeah. This, I, this is I, a good. This is, this a good is segment. really good. I like this segment. Um, anyway, that I'm one's called Theme Parks with, as a Parent. I'm going to come up with something more relatable having to do with Keurig. The Daily Bomb. We're going to call the it daily the Daily Bomb. The Weekly Bomb. The Weekly Bomb All right, on the Buckle Up Podcast. Thank you so much, Michael. <laughs> Thank you guys for being here. I'm Ami Kozak, comedian. Michael, a comedian extraordinaire. Episode 23, The Weekly Bomb. Yeah.